Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today we are reviewing what happened in a wonderful week two of college football. We are also previewing what will happen in a wonderful week three of college football. And Tyler, before we even begin anything, and I know I haven't let you talk yet, we got to talk about the Big Ten because we have breaking news at the top of the show. The Big Ten is playing football in the fall, Tyler. I mean, in every other year, you'd be like, yeah, duh. <laughs> and now we're like, oh my god. <laughs> we're sure we got a whole other surprised. conference decided to actually play football. This yeah. is a huge deal. Welcome to the resistance. Yeah, Big welcome Ten. to Yeah, which um let's talk about it. Like let let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. The Big Ten decided today, um, Wednesday, September sixteenth, that they will be playing this fall. There were rumors the past couple of days that they were going to make a decision and make an announcement and all that stuff. Turns out that it happened today. Uh, Tyler, let me give you the schedule, okay? Mm-hmm. Eight games, four home games, four road games, six games in your division, which makes sense because it's seven teams for a division, just like the SEC, and two crossover games, right? So there you go, just like the, a traditional SEC schedule. That's what they're playing. Yeah. Um, they're saying that they were going to craft the schedules using the models that they had before the pandemic, but then they're going to eliminate the one crossover game. So, for example, um, you remember that the Big Ten came out with a 10-game schedule that Mm -hmm. had an extra crossover game, allowed for, I think, a non-conference game, and then also had a bunch of um, open dates in order to – a bunch of open dates in order to adjust with coronavirus concerns and all that stuff. Now that it's gone, they're going to be playing eight games in eight weeks. So there is no wiggle room for these teams to kind of – get some corona relief, I guess you could call it. And it's important to note that there are strict, strict, strict guidelines. So strict. Insanely strict. So for one thing, they're going to be doing daily testing, one of those like immediate rapid response, which is excellent. That's fantastic, I believe. Um, And here I'm going to read a direct quote from this article from ESPN that I've got getting up, Tyler. It says, Athletes who test positive for COVID-19 must wait at least 21 days before they can play in a game and they have to undergo what they're considering to be comprehensive cardiac testing and be cleared by a university-appointed cardiologist before returning. Now, question. I got you. Let me give you one more piece of information that we'll, then we'll discuss. The Big Ten is also developing what they called a color coding system to determine about a school's need to alter or stop practices or games. Now, uh... The colors are determined by a team's positivity rate, okay, which is considered on a seven-day average. So a green team is a team that tests less than 2% positive, less than 2% positivity rate. They can continue. An orange means that a team must proceed with caution, and that includes a 2 to 5% uh, positivity rate of, on a seven-day rolling average. And a team with a red color must completely stop practice and competition for at least, keyword being at least, seven days until their numbers improve. And that red is greater than 5%. So Tyler, 5% of the football team ends up getting testing positive for coronavirus. That means that the entire team has to shut down for at least a week. That means no practices. That means no games. That means no workouts. Nothing. So... A can, lot to, can I get? Can I give my thoughts? A lot to um, unpack. Yeah, go ahead. I, I actually, 
I love it. I would love everything they're doing if it weren't for the fact that it's contradicted by what their schedule looks like. Correct. Um, their schedule is set up. There's no bye week. There are just the eight games, and um, they will. Play. There is the contingency that their conference championship weekend, uh, the final weekend, it will actually be the plus one in that like number one from one division will play number one from the other division, and mm-hmm. then number two players is number two, and then number three versus number three. So, so they'll all play in like an order. So that's yeah. nice, I guess. But there's no bye weeks, and like. I'm more okay with the... I'm obviously okay because I want players to be safe. Um, we've discussed on this podcast that like, they, probably no one should be playing football. 100%. But, but we live in this world, so... Right. Um, we're we're going to react to the world that we live in and not a world that we hope we have. Yeah. Uh, a 21 days before they can play in a game would have been great if you had given them a bye week, maybe two, mm-hmm. like other schools have kind of built into their schedule. The thing that I, I see as being an issue is the the color coding system you're telling me if the team if a team of 85 players if five of them get coronavirus that's positive and that's more than five percent that's more than five percent you gotta shut the whole thing down i it's 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 a little because like auburn i believe already like right now has like seven players i think so they're they're like seven percent i think us florida we have i think six players right now yeah so that's you, over five percent. We, we, we wouldn't be able. Uh, we wouldn't be able to play our season opener in two weeks. We wouldn't be able to practice. We wouldn't be able to. Pra- would not even be able to practice. So I just don't see. I mean, whatever you can do to play, this does seem all this. All this kind of smells to me like a very last minute decision. Mm-hmm. Like, and who's to say like if the Big Ten was right for postponing the season and then deciding to bring it back, or if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 have been right in the long run for playing football no matter what. Well, I think... Um, there, there's 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 faults and, and bonuses on both sides, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like is that the Big Ten, this, through most of this, has appeared to be kind of very hasty in what it, it, this, the decisions it made. It feels like every decision they've made, and these two big ones being the ones at the forefront, they've been made reaction trying to be reactionary and not trying to be reactive and not proactive i know that's counterintuitive to the fact that they were the first conference to decide to stop playing but they did it in a rushed not well thought they out announced way it two days after they announced their schedule exactly like, like where just, where is the it, communication it, it, it amongst the conference greg's uh, greg sankery commissioner of the sec had a great quote like when that happened he's like i'd be interested to see what they think has changed in the last two days right um I'm not saying it was the wrong decision to make. That's not really. That's not even a question. That even if we if we think we could I answer, think, that we really could answer now. But, but Tyler, like, I would I would go out on a limb and say I personally think it was the wrong decision to do. I'm not saying well, canceling to, to is the wrong decision. So, to act so hasty, exactly. Yes. Yeah, the way that what they the, went about what, it was wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I I'll agree with that because this has been one of the big things that I've had with the NFL and with college football is that um, they were the two sports that had the absolute most time Mm -hmm. to make a plan for what they were considering doing regarding coronavirus and the fall season and at a lot of angles a lot of the sports didn't um didn't really do anything about like didn't seem to do anything and then they've continued to act hastily the big 10 chief among them i think i i like i would like all these guidelines if it were if they had built their schedule around it but i know that they built a short schedule with no bye week just so they can compete for the college football playoff Right. But Ohio, but if Ohio State, the only really college football playoff 
the the team that is probably the best chance to win a national championship in the Big Ten. If they get five players active, they're out. They basically can't practice for half the schedule, so they're four and zero. If a four and zero a four and zero Ohio State team is not going to make it into the college football playoff, a four and zero Ohio State. You, you if it did, I, me, I would be irate. I would be irate. Yeah, you, you can't tell me that a, a an eight and two SEC team. Or even a seven and three, an eight I would and two take, ACC. I would team. take an AAC team over a four and Ohio State. I don't even think that's that. That's it's that's not a hot take. That's just, not that's, even a hot I take. I want to put that out there that that's like I draw the line. I just I, I think can't play four yeah, games. I agree. I agree. And everyone else is playing it, and it it's I only say it like again, just kind of my my general thoughts on the argument is that. I would love all of this if they if they structured their schedule around these guidelines. They right. just structured their schedule around trying to make the college football playoff. Yeah, which and then, they said, well, now we're just going to make the margin of error to make this super razor thin. Like, it's it's trying to thread a needle while surfing a twenty foot wave. It's just so yeah. difficult. Like I don't I, a I will I will bet an insane amount of money allegedly that all of their teams. That that all of their teams will not play a full schedule. We're gonna have multiple teams playing, and and not even just like seven of the eight games. I'm talking four or five games. Like we're not gonna get much college football out of the Big Ten this year. So I really wouldn't kind of get your hopes up. And does it really make sense, like for these players to to go out there and say, okay, we're gonna play four games, we're gonna call it a full season, and and then we're gonna try to get in the playoff, but then we're not gonna be as conditioned as the other team, like. And, what and what starting, are the positives? They're starting in a little bit more than a month, and these players haven't practiced at all. Yeah, it's just it's hasty decision making. Hasty that decision I don't making. Agree with, but exactly, it's not it's not decisions that they made. It's how they've made them that has been a little yeah. Correct, correct, correct. So. But I digress. But we digress. Um, we get more football, so like I, it, net positive for us. Watching. I'm still going to watch the games. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm still going to watch the games. You know what they need to do. First game of the week, first first game week for them needs to be Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, second week needs to be Michigan State, Michigan. Like we need all of these big rivalry games that we care about out of the way at the beginning because out the gate because I'm there's not no guarantee any of them will get no guaranteed at all. Exactly with you 100. Uh, percent Okay, all right, Tyler. So that's it on the new Big Ten news. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in into our episode. We're going to go ahead and recap week two. Uh, again, we have five wide and two points where Tyler and I pick the same, pick the outcome of five games that we believe to be the five most entertaining, I guess, games of the season. Or the week. compelling, whatever you exactly, want whatever to call it. say. Um, and then we each pick an extra game for our two-point conversion, which you get two points if you get it right, get zero if you lose. So let's go ahead and start us off. Uh, Tyler, first five wide of the week of the year. Sorry, last week we had UAB taking on Miami on Thursday night. Miami ends up winning thirty-one to fourteen, but not after a first half scare because um, the offense wasn't looking too good. And Miami has built their entire offense about De- around Derek King scrambling, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which can win you games against UAB eventually. Because you have better athletes, mm-hmm. but you're gonna wear them down eventually. I'm not very high on Miami for, for this. Like I watched a lot yeah. of this game, and Derek King, it, it just did not impress me. Like, Tyler, it, it looked like last year's offense where you just didn't know what it was doing. Except now they have an above average quarterback who can make 
things happen with his legs, so he just bailed them out. Like that, that's I, it. I don't they're, I don't know how often, you can I don't know how you can it, look at this Miami team from last year to this year and say, Oh yeah, there's been a change. Like nothing has changed. The only yeah. difference is that the quarterbacks can run now. The quarterbacks can run, exactly. That's it. It's that they're just pretending to call plays <laughs> and then it's really just like we'll we'll pretend to believe that this play is gonna work, but we just know that Derek's just gonna be like, nah, I'm yeah. just gonna scramble. They run one play. And it works and against UAB, but yeah. that's that's not going to work in the future. They run one play, Tyler, and it's the De'Aaron King, De'Aaron King special. And that's it. De'Aaron King special on three. Ready, break. That's it. That's all they do. <laughs> yeah. So we both ended up picking Miami because at the end of the day, their athletes are better. It's yeah, bigger, it, faster. We joke, but that, that strategy can win you games against um, lower conference. Exactly. Like, so we both pick them. We both get the point on that one. Uh, next game, we got Louisiana. Heading into Ames, Iowa, taking on Iowa State and beating them 31-14, to Tyler. We both picked Iowa State. Neither one of us get the points. Tyler, I need you to explain what happened to your prodigal son. What happened don't to the Brock wor- Don't worry, Brock Purdy. I still love you. <laughs> um, but it, it was a more a holistic dismantling of um, Iowa State by Lu- Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Now... Important to note, Brock Purdy was already losing some of his pass catchers, and then his best his best receiving weapon, Charlie Kohler, uh, didn't play, and they only found out about that like right before the game started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little different, but Iowa State was... I mean, I watched this game, and let me tell you, like, Iowa State's offensive line is basura. He is hot track. <laughs> like, it, is, ooh, it is not good. Um... They're not going to win a lot of games with that offensive line playing. No, that way. and it's like, such a shame because Brock Purdy deserves better. And and he he's able to scramble to a lot, but it's just it's really hard to to facet a passing offense when you cannot stand in the pocket and throw. And a, important thing to note: Louisiana and they like went out and played man, and a lot not a lot of teams in the no. Big Twelve play man. They mostly play zone. So they threw something at Iowa State that they don't normally see. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like that would have been fine if it weren't for the fact that, like, man is a lot easier to use where, like, okay, the way I understand it is that man man, man coverage works. The only problem is is that it will it is way more susceptible to being blown if you can't get the quarterback. Right. If the quarterback can stand there in the pocket, eventually someone's going to get open because mm-hmm. there's only one person on each on mm-hmm. each man. Right. In in zone, you're watching the quarterback's eyes, so it's a little easier to you know keep that in focus. Mm-hmm. Um, however, just naturally, you're more prone to blowing coverages. Right. But when the I mean the best defense, the, the Jaguars' one good season in my lifetime was <laughs> built off this premise, where mm-hmm. where it was that if you can rush the passer and play good man coverage. It's really hard for anyone to score. On that's that. the Brian Flores package in that's, Miami. Yeah, that's what that, he likes that. to run. He likes to put he likes to put stud cornerbacks out there, put them on an island, play man to man, and then he wants big pass rushers that can force the quarterback to give it the ball quickly. Yeah, it's not so. a perfect strategy because no defense is a perfect strategy, but Correct. it is extremely hard to to beat. And Louisiana was able to put that on Iowa State, who was disadvantaged by the fact that. Their offensive line was not good. On top of having to replace people, they already had an injured starter. So exactly. I mean, I this it really is going to be 
you can't tell with with this new season. I'm, I'm kind of pumping a lot of what we're going to talk about as a whole into mm-hmm. this, in the sense of like, with this type of season, it's hard. It's going to be hard to tell whether or not this is a isolated incident because of practice or whatever. And Louisiana is a good team. I don't they want to take are. that away. Billy Napier is a good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this persists. That's not going to be good for Iowa State or Matt Campbell or Brock Purdy's draft stock, which right. I mean, Unf- unfortunate but makes a reality. Me sad, but but a reality. I also think it's important to note. Um, I like in soccer coverage. Alexi Lalas is a is an American soccer pundit. He used to play. His big thing is set pieces. Like you need to make sure that you are scoring on opportunities when the ball has stopped and you can plan around it, especially in a game like soccer. And if you're defending them, you need to make sure that you know exactly what's happening and you t- you need to defend them. Corner kicks, free kicks, mm-hmm. set pieces. Um, I'm going to put on my Lexi Lawless hat and say special teams. Special teams, special teams, special teams. Absolutely. You need to be able to control special teams. Louisiana did it ec- excellently. Took a kick return back for a touchdown. Took a punt back for a touchdown. 14-point swing. Kills the momentum. It's It keeps you in the game, and then it ends up winning you the game in part like you said you know the iowa state offensive line isn't good so there's that just like that you gotta you gotta be effective and iowa state you can't let someone take a kickback and a punt back it's it's just not something you can do you know no gotta control what you can control control your controllables and so yeah unfortunately very we did not get any points oh here we go here we go this next game was not disappointing at all yeah, um, yeah, Tyler. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets went so, down uh, into the, the the who the Waffle House University Yellow bees. Jackets bees. Um, like <laughs> the Waffle House University bees went down into <sighs> Dope Campbell Stadium, where the Florida State Seminoles, proud winners of their last three now pr- sorry proud losers yeah. of their last three now four. four home openers, the bees came in and took FSU down. Which, you know, was a crazy upset for everyone except for me, who called it. And, and I like some point. I would like some credit for my Saturday morning text message, Tyler. That you disregarded your I, pick and I, you, I mean And allegedly of all the games of all the allegedly of all the games for for you to pick against mm-hmm. like to and like this is the perfect one to be like, now I'm throwing my throwing my point. Oh yeah. Me. I said you but, know what? Uh, I'll take, I'll take the L. On Saturday morning, you're like, nah, nah, I'm going bees, <laughs> allegedly. I um, decided to to stick behind our Waffle House University bees and back Jeff Collins as Georgia Tech ends up beating FSU 16-13. to Tyler, so many things with this game. There was a rain. There was a lightning delay. Um, yeah. There were two blocked kicks by Florida State. <laughs> there, yeah. um, oh, so which means it could have been worse. Which, me- um, which means it should have been worse. It should have been worse. The Bees won 16-13. I know we didn't say the score. Correct. But, correct. Um, and shame on every single Florida State fan in attendance because none of you were wearing masks. None of you were distancing yourself socially. It, it, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Yeah, sure. Just want to point that out. Shame on you guys. And you Back, were rewarded promptly. You were rewarded promptly with yet another riveting James Blackman. Four straight, four straight losses. By the way, James Blackman is still terrible. I I, and wa- I feel really bad. I was gonna he, say he, I want to go. I want to go here. I feel bad for James Blackman because he never realized his full potential. 
This was a four-star quarterback from the state of Florida, highly sought-after recruit. He was supposed to be the DeAndre Francois replacement. He was supposed to – well, he ended up being that, but he was supposed to be better than what he has now. It's not his fault that he is on his third coaching staff in his four years at Florida State. It's not his fault that he doesn't play with an offensive line. They only bring out six players on offense, Tyler. I don't know if you knew that. There's actually no players that line up on the offensive line <laughs> because if they did that, which makes sense, how they struggle against a Georgia Tech defense that was running the triple option two years ago. Exactly, that was defending wonderfully the exactly. screamed, schemed and coached, but there's exactly. not a lot of talent on that. On correct, that, on that correct. Like it's not his I, fault. With all that I, being said, I'm going to push back on that real quick. Oh, no, 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 wait. With all that okay, being said, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He's pretty bad. He's bad. <laughs> Look, I hear what you're saying. But at some point, when you go through three different offensive coaches and you don't show any signs of improvement or, or yeah. progress with any of them. What's even worse is you don't even go to the weight room. This, Bro, this man, you don't need a coach when, when to go to the weight room. a freshman room. looking like this, I was, you're all like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, but he's a true freshman. Like, okay, whatever. And remember, he was he thrown in. exactly the same. And he was thrown into that first game against Alabama where DeAndre Francois hurt himself and he was out for the season. Like, we both were like, oh, my God, this Florida State season is going to be ugly. But they can bounce back. This is going to be a rough year. Unexpected court. No, it all went downhill from no. there. But it's – I will say this about FSU. As a team, they looked better. They looked mm-hmm. better than they had did in any point in the Willie Taggart era. Right. They are still very bad. Right. Um, they, but they, they looked better. I'll just say about uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech Night was and day, better coach. Night and day. They look years. I don't. This is not the proper metric terminology for this, but years faster. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but they look so much faster. So much more athletic. They're so on, ahead on of schedule. Offense, they, on offense, they were like moving the ball. And Jeff Sims, a true freshman quarterback that FSU didn't want, um, was committed to Florida State at one point. Love to point they that out. A scholarship. Yeah, they pulled a scholarship. Yeah, and he went to Georgia Tech and beat them. And I think he'll eventually be a much better quarterback. And he he's still rough, but you're moving the ball. There was good offense. And he's a the true freshman. Ske- it's Jeff Collins. The defensive scheme is there, and the players playing hard but there's not a lot of talent on this team still mm-hmm. but they're they're so ahead of schedule yeah and it's great to see because when you're overhauling an entire it's not even a system tyler it's a philosophy it's a, it's a mentality it's a mentality it's a way of life it's a way of life the triple option going. is a way of life right they, now they used to go to ihop now they go to waffle house like when you make those mm, changes mm, for the yes, better sir. when you make those changes for the better you go from pancakes to waffles, my my guy. There's got to be results, but it, it, it is it is. We cannot say it enough how difficult it is to go from a triple option system to a more fast paced modern college football system, which is what Jeff Collins is implementing. So shout out to them. Hats off to Waffle House to to the bees. Hats off to our bees, Tyler. I think yeah. we are we are looking better and better with each week that goes by of our pick last year to adopt them as our official yeah. ACC team. So we are very excited for that. Um, I will gladly take the see zero. Defeat. See the defeat. Yeah. Um, I, and I said this last week. I said, I'm going to pick FSU, but I wouldn't be mad if I lost this one. And I think my um, I allegedly took them at plus 12 and a half points on Saturday morning. And I was with Alexa. We were in Newport, Rhode Island. And she said, Sergio, you have 30 seconds to talk about gambling. And then you are done for the day. 
And I think I spent 20 of those seconds talking about how I am so confident that this 12 and a half is going to cover. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah. Tyler, nice. gets the, Tyler gets the point there. I do not. Uh, let's move on to what I, I feel like we do this every week, Tyler. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about Clemson. They're good. Their opponents are not. Clemson 37, Wake Forest 13. Trevor Lawrence looks even better. It was funny because I it was I didn't so I didn't watch college football regularly. Um, we did stop for food and stuff or to charge phones and whatever uh, during our little touristy day. And I would fire up my Hulu app and because you know I have Hulu with live sports. Did you know Hulu has, has live sports? We're not being paid to say this. Oh, oh, but <laughs> you, you're not getting. Oh shoot. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, so it's for you now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I pulled up Hulu and I was watching some games here and there. And the things that I was watching, it was very sloppy. It was very like first, second week of the season sloppy. Um, then I turned on the Clemson game at night and oh boy, was this a factory just going, spitting stuff out and going through they're it, man. moving the ball up and down the field. Yeah. There, there's no concern that they're the number one team in the country. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, I like my professional team's quarterback, and I think you do too. But I, I just look at him, and I look at the hair. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I find myself, I, I find myself taking a look here and there. I find myself I'm just like, oh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. The dolphin, the dolphins have the Texans number one overall. Texans blow it up. The Desha- Deshaun Watson is not gonna take a team to the number one overall pick, but he could take them to like the number four. I, I I don't know. And then I have the Rams pick. I feel way more confident. And then and then Tyler and then Tyler, you know you, you know what we have? We have the assets. Okay. You have the the Jacksonville Jaguars have the assets <laughs> and a win, Sergio. We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on. We both got the point. We both picked Clemson. The next game that we picked, Western Kentucky and Louisville. Uh we both ended up picking Louisville and it paid off for us. Louisville beat them thirty five to twenty one. Um, so this game was on ACC Network a couple of times earlier this week, and there were moments when I sat down and I was doing work, and I kind of put the game on in the background just to kind of watch a few plays. Um, Scott, Scott Satterfield has the offense moving relatively at the same pace that they were last year, which is yeah. very difficult because, again, second year in a program, the mm-hmm. system is being installed. It's not as drastic of a change as the triple option. Less option. practices this year. Less practices, no spring ball. No Mackay Becton. No Mackay Becton. So there's these things that are adding up. And, and they they were pushed around a bit at the beginning. Western Kentucky gave them a fight. But just like the Miami-UAB game, um, at the end of the day, the team with the better better talent, faster, faster athletes, stronger athletes, bigger athletes, they're going to prevail. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Louisville pulls away late. But it looked very interesting. It was it was yeah. definitely an improvement, and I can see them developing upon this. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Louisville going forward. Their offense is fun to watch. It's very fun to watch. Agreed, agreed. Uh, we both picked Louisville, therefore we both get the points. On to our two-point conversion. Um, I was dumb. <laughs> you let your heart rule over your head. I let my heart rule over my head, especially when I, especially when I realized that they lost to Coastal Carolina last year. Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina last year. Yeah. So I don't know why I expected things to change. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it was a much more higher scoring game this uh, year. Yeah. And I, I watched some of it, and um, 
when Kansas made the switch to a different quarterback, mm-hmm. things started happening for him. They did. They did. It was way too late at that point. I, I'm going to be honest that with you. That is not an excuse to lose to Coastal Carolina. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't see that happen because I was so exhausted from my long day in Rhode Island that I texted you. I said, Tyler, I unpacked the car. I just took a shower. I'm ready to watch these games. I'm going to send you some highlights because you were updating me all day. I'm going to return the favor. And I ended up watching. About- I didn't get a single text from you, for the rest Tyler. Of the night. I ended up watching about 15 minutes, and I could not stand watching it. That I ended up falling asleep. I woke up at two. In the- <laughs> I woke up at two in the morning with the TV with like the the dog commercial. I woke up at two in the morning and I was like, oh, I definitely slept through this Kansas. What I thought was a blowout at the time. I definitely slept through this Kansas blowout. Oh well. <laughs> oh, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. I guess I'll. I didn't sleep. watch Kansas lose. So. Um, I do hope we get more um, big tw- big ten big twelve after dark. I yeah. just I just hope that it's like I want to see like TCU Baylor. I want to yeah. see like Iowa State Oklahoma State. Fun. Like I want to see well, those games at night. Maybe not a TCU game because they don't have any quarterbacks. But yeah, very true. Very you true. Know, some schools have thought that'd be more fun. <laughs> anyway, so I don't get any points on that one, Tyler. Your two point conversion. You you did it, my friend. Tulane 27, South Alabama 24. You get yeah, both of those points. The, never doubt the uniforms. Never, never doubt the ever, never doubt the drip. The inevitable. The trip, triple D, Tyler. The inevitable, the inevitable green wave. Don't, triple D, don't doubt the dip, the drip. You got this, buddy. Don't we doubt the drip. Uh, yeah, Tulane wins over South Alabama. This was a good game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw that. I, I did go back and watch the highlights of this game yeah. because it looked interesting. Tulane's defense needs to get it together. But... <laughs> Because Tyler, you're make, you're, you're putting it extremely. You're putting it extremely nice. Like you're really being generous with the whole. I'm, they I'm just need, need to them be to better. tighten up, as my yeah. father would say. <laughs> um, please. Oh man, South Alabama was an improved team, but come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I mean, their offense, Tulane's offense, is fine, but um, they're a good Sun Belt team. But yeah, get your, well, get your defense yeah. You're allowed to be sloppy the first week of this really weird asterisk season. Correct. Come on. Correct, correct. So, um, Tyler, that brings our score to Tyler 6, Sergio 3. Man, oh, I oh, started off. Am I, am, I, am I double your Ty- score? Tyler, you know, I just, I didn't have any spring practice. It we're was... Voting. We're, I'm going the same pick as you every single step of the way for the rest of the year. Now that's <laughs> I, now that just puts all I'm the pressure. Kidding, that kidding. puts all the pressure on my two points. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's like it's those types of games where neither team can stop the other's offense. The only problem is that one team got one more touchdown early and got like <laughs> one pick, so they're perennially like one touchdown ahead. Exactly. That's what I'm. Pl- that's my strategy. This it is will the, not work out, but that is my strategy. This is the, I think it was the Oklahoma-Alabama game, the Kyler Murray year. Absolutely. Where it was 14 nothing, and then they just went touchdown for touchdown, but Oklahoma could never close that gap. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, Tyler, those are all the games from week two. Let's move forward to week three. Before we get into five wide and two point, I just want to once again point out all the postponements that we have. Uh, we're going to pour one out for each of these games. Tyler, let's pour one out for Central Arkansas and Arkansas State. I do not know yeah. anything if this is a rivalry or not. I hope it is. Um, uh, it's another chance for uh, Jonathan, Madden, Jonathan Adams Jr. to ball out. Correct. The, the Arkansas State beaters of Kansas State. For the record, beaters of Kansas State. When they were missing like 11 players due to COVID. 
Just wanted to point that they out. They still won. They so, still yeah. won. Tyler, I want to pour one out for BYU Army. I want to pour one out for BYU Army. We were supposed to get a really good game. Um, and well, COVID, I, mean, I imagine it, it would be better than BYU Navy was. But Well, that was more of a glorified scrimmage, but it's, yeah, sure. Uh, Tyler, I want to pour one out for Virginia Virginia Tech. Oh. A lauded rivalry game. Oh. A fantastic Fantastic historic game last year went would, into would overtime. Would have been such a good over, such a good early game. Would have been a fantastic early game. This this screams four o'clock kickoff to me. This this or this screams seven o'clock kickoff secondary screen that ends up being more fun than the ABC game. That's what this screams to me, man. Pour one out for them. And then Tyler, I want to pour one out for Houston and Memphis. A fantastic American clash that we were supposed to get. Uh, two teams with. Um, their eyes on the American possibly, Championship yeah. and possibly a group of a possibly group of five um, playoff spot birth. and yeah possibly playoff for it. This was two teams that were destined to do that, so um, that were looking to do that. So pour one out for those. Tyler, let's stay in Texas and Houston because yeah. they couldn't play Memphis. There it is. There's the transition. They said we'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. They're heading to Waco. They're going to do some home improvements, and they're going to go in and play Baylor. 12 o'clock. Thanks for understanding the reference. (laughs) My girlfriend will be so proud of me. Houston is playing Baylor. 12 o'clock. Big Fox. Tyler, Fox finally has a big noon kickoff game. A real big noon kickoff game. A real one. Not like... Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, Houston-Baylor. Um... Tyler, who you got? Or no, am I going first? I don't remember. You, I go you first. Go, yeah, I go you first, go first for two-point two conversion this week, so you go first for five wide. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, this is a tough game to pick because neither team has played. This is the first game of the season mm. for both teams. Both teams were supposed to have played a game already. Baylor was supposed to play TCU, I believe, <laughs> last week. And then Houston was supposed to play Memphis uh, this week, and they are supposed to play last week somebody else. I don't know. Um, it's tough. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go. This is tough because Baylor has a new head coach, but he is a defensive coordinator. Dana Holgersman. Holger, I, can't, I can't speak today. What, what is wrong with you? I you know. lived in West Virginia. I, uh, that, that, that I did. That I did good, sir. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to take Houston. I really? Think, I think I'm going to take Houston. Yeah, I know this might not – this is 100% going to come to bite me uh, in the butt. But I think I'm going to take Houston, Tyler, and I think I'm going to take them because I'm very interested to see – you know what? No, I'm going to take Baylor. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, my, because right. I, I'm going to take Baylor because what I was going to say was I'm very interested to see how, um, how the DeAndre King replacement strategy – DeAndre King – Derek King Derek replacement King. strategy comes in. Um, I know that they played last year without him for most of the season, but I don't know if you remember watching those games. But they were they were, they were pretty bad. They were pretty uh, bad. Like pretty like, pretty bad. Um, Baylor is coming off a very successful season. Uh, Matt Rule has gone to the Carolina Panthers, and he has done everyone in college football, especially in the SEC, a favor and taking Joe Brady with him. Um, but that roster is still primarily there. Um, I am concerned about some of the uh, 
X-Factor players on that Baylor offense. I don't really know who they have. Uh, they did graduate a couple of players, a couple of wide receivers. Mims is, gone. Mims is gone. So it is going to be interesting to see how they replace that efficiency. But um, Tyquan Thornton's still there. so Exactly. So I think, I think I'm going to go Baylor. I don't know what I was doing with that Houston pick. Uh, I'm going to go Baylor as well because, like, the stra- the, the it looked like for the last couple of weeks, it's like don't sleep on upsets because they're very possible Correct. Like, in this in this time. However, <laughs> that was from Louisiana and Arkansas State, to at least for, in the Big Twelve, who were two teams that were very good last year. Right. Houston was not. No. <laughs> so I'm going to go Baylor as well. Yeah, and I'm not going to play um, the whole Houston was in the American, so they're better than the Sun Belt team. No, no, no they no, were no. bad. No, they were bad. They were that, bad. That that argument can hold weight. It doesn't hold weight for this. <laughs> There's a reason De'Ara King played his four games and said, "Yeah, I'm a head out." I. So Deuces. there you go. Um, next right, game. Next up. Boston, Boston College. College. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I'll go. I'll say this is what we call well, late night podcasting, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Uh, Boston College at Duke, uh, noon. ESPN three for all you ESPN tres tres. Um, I am going to go with. Uh, well, we, we we've seen Duke play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've play, seen Duke play Notre Dame, where they actually held their own. They did pretty well. They did. Um, and the offense looked we, pretty good. We could choose to be lesser people and just say that's because Notre Dame sucks, but I think it's because um, I think it's because Duke actually did. They showed some promise. I like Chase Bryce coming over from Clemson. He looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense did look good, and we have not seen Boston College at all. They're breaking in a new coach, Jeff Halfley, after uh, firing Steve Adazio. Mm-hmm. Um, perennial seven and six Steve Adazio. Seven and six King. Yeah, I'm gonna go Duke. Tyler, uh, yes. Have I told you? You mentioned Notre Dame. I just don't want to forget it. Uh, have I told you my Notre Dame theory for the season? Oh, oh no! Lay it on me. Every ACC, I have a slut for Notre Dame theories. Every ACC team will play above their level when they play Notre Dame for the good of the conference. They will like go out of their way. <laughs> I love this. They right? will go every ACC game. Like Notre Dame is going to. Going to be like, wow, when we played these teams, not an official member of the conference, they were so much easier. Why is it so much more difficult? It's like the whole, um, it's like in soccer, they say that the Premier League is just a tougher league. It's a more physical league. It's a faster, it's a, there's more games, like that kind of stuff. I feel like every other ACC team is going to be like, oh, you only want to join for this year? Oh, okay, we're going to show you how we play football in the (laughs) ACC. And they are going to battle Notre Dame teams. So, with that being said, I am also going to take Duke okay. because I do believe that that offense is much improved. I do believe that Chase Bryce is going to be actually taking some steps. Like we, people forget that he kept Clemson's season alive. Mm-hmm. Like he's a good quarterback. And if, and if you watch, like he can play. Right. And now, granted, the Duke offense. He's not going to. He's not going to light up NFL draft boards or anything. Exactly. Like he is, but he he's a good college quarterback. He's one of my favorite players to watch in college football. Not him specifically, but that type of player. That type of player that you know is not going to be a highly touted no. NFL prospect. But by God, are they fun to watch in college? And that's best, Chase Bryce, best, best type of player. Now he doesn't have the offensive line that he had at Clemson, but. Then again, what there's a handful of schools in the country that have that offensive line. Um, and yeah, I just think Duke is on a better trajectory. 
I have no idea what this Boston College team looks like. They didn't have practice. They didn't have spring practices. They have a brand new coach. Who I knows? used to be able to rely on what I thought about Boston College mm-hmm. with Steve Adazio, because we knew I don't we knew what know. type of we knew what type of game he was you playing knew, without even knowing the names. You knew exactly what type of team you were getting. I didn't need I didn't need to know the roster. I, I knew what system he ran. He liked and, to run the ball down your throat, get the ball out of the backfield quickly, and try to win you an old school football game. Yeah, and we don't even know what's what the deal is with that anymore. So exactly. Be fun to see. Yep. Smart pick. Um, Smart pick from us. Yeah. Moving on, we've got uh, number 14, UCF. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Georgia Tech at Where? 3.30 on Where ABC. Where are they? At the Waffle House University Mecca itself. Um, at the Beehive. The, oh, Tyler. Well done. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> well done. Oh, I was hoping you'd come up Ooh. with something good. <laughs> oh, I was so hoping. Wow, we have, we have, we need to talk to Georgia Tech. We need to facilitate this, this Georgia Tech sponsored podcast. We we really do. We really do. Hey 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 hey! There is no there's no offer that we won't at least entertain of Georgia course Tech. Not. Like, of course not. Georgia Tech. Of course not. Um, yeah, no. At the Beef Hive itself, uh, UCF is going up to face the one and zero Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Also known as the Waffle House University Bees at three thirty on ABC. I go first. No, you don't. You, you went you're first. You're right. I don't go first. <laughs> I go I first. really wanted to, though. <laughs> Tyler, this might be this might be one of the most entertaining games of the season. Oh, absolutely. Because UCF is bringing back Dylan Gabriel. We know Josh Heupel. We know the offense he likes to run. They've lost a couple of star players. They lost Killings. Um... They lost a bu- um, a bunch of their weapons. Yeah, Davis. Davis. They lost their weapons, but the very the great part of being a Florida school is that you can recruit weapons like that anywhere. There's so much talent that a three star in Florida could be considered a four star somewhere else. Like they're gonna they have speed. They have those players. What we talked about Georgia Tech earlier. They are improving. They are definitely vastly improved from last season. And they also have a, foot, a footprint recruiting in Florida as well. And Georgia's not that bad of not a oh, so not too shabby you recruiting state either. Than having a, a university in Atlanta. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and actual Atlanta, not like two hours yeah. out like Athens. Um subtle shot to Georgia, but whatever. Um be nice to know who their quarterback really is. Really not subtle at all, but no, no. John hey, uh Tyler, why does the St. John River flow north? Because uh, Georgia sucks. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, my bad. I always forget. Um, with all that being said, I, like many men in happy relationships, realize what the smart decision to do is. <laughs> and the smart decision in this case is to make sure that when I'm watching this football game with my girlfriend, I will be with her this weekend, and we are watching this game together. It's to make sure that I'm cheering for the same team that she's cheering for. So, therefore, I'm going to go with the UCF Golden Knights. The 14th ranked, which is very high, but the 14th ranked UCF Golden Knights. I like Dylan Gabriel. I've been telling you this for all last year. I like him as a quarterback. Josh Heupel's system is fun. The question is, can the defense hold up? Now, they are bringing back one of the best defenses in the American. But um, can that defense 
stay healthy and energized and kind of not check out throughout all four quarters. Because remember, the game is in Atlanta. It's at the Beehive. So we have to see. Yeah. Well, that is certainly a very smart pick Mm -hmm. for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons (laughs) beyond (laughs) football. (laughs) Yes. Um, But while you may be shackled by the confines of a very wonderful and loving relationship that you treasure very much. Yes. I am not such shackled by such confines. I am, however, shackled by another type of confine. And you know what that is, Sergio? What is it, Tyler? It's the shackles of the brand. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with Waffle House University Bees for no other reason than I picked them last week and it paid off. <laughs> so that's my question, too. Am I, am I, like, should I pick against them every week because I'd like to see them win? Should I, should I? Oh, Tyler, hold on. Put your hood on. Conspiracy. All right, yep, yep, nope. Conspiracy hood on. Hood on. If I bet, allegedly, on Georgia Tech every single week, will they go undefeated? There's only one way to find out. Tyler, I'm an, I, I may or may not be maintaining that. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right, so Tyler picks Georgia Tech. I pick UCF. That's now, a three. <laughs> real, real talk, real analysis. Real analysis. This is going to be an uphill climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, UCF is good. UCF and... is... Potential. It is not out of the realm of possibility that UCF makes a playoff as the fourth team. Yeah, because of what the season we're in and the teams what playing. Season is and yeah. Like we talked it, about it, earlier with if all, I, personally, if we have a ten and zero, eleven and zero UCF team and a four and zero Ohio State team, I'm gonna put the UCF team in. I'm putting UCF. in. They played a full schedule. So I agree, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Um. Yeah, but uh, I'll take the bees. I'm not expecting high. I'm not really real talk. I am. I am. I do think that UCF will likely win this game, mm-hmm. but there is a chance. Okay, and so you are putting your point on the line for that chance. Yeah. I respect it. Next up, Tyler. Um, two teams that I never expected to see in the CBS three thirty slot. Um, <laughs> That's the number 23 ranked. This year is so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> number 23 ranked Appalachian State Mountain. What are they? The Mountaineers? What are they? The uh, Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Yes. Going up against Marshall. 330 on CBS. Tyler, the biggest question of the day. Will they play the dun 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 They, they freaking better. Like, like, are we getting Gary they, Danielson? Like, like what are we getting here? You guys can't see this, but my mouth just like yeah. That. Like but, what um, are we getting here, Tyler? I don't I don't know I, what to expect from a broadcast standpoint. And it's not like I'm, I'm going to watch the no, game because like we're both going to we're going to be watching UCF Georgia Tech. Like that's yeah, the best but, game in that slot. Hey hey hey! You got to have your your score updates up on your phone. Of um, course, but, I, I need a second screen. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope we get Brad and uh, Gary Danielson because yeah. that would make me so happy. Very happy. Um, but in my analysis of this, if we're going to put it in the 330 CBS slot, mm-hmm. that means this is a default de facto SEC game. And that means I got to take the Alabama of the Sun Belt. Uh, and I'm taking App State. Like, very, see where I was going? You see where very see where well done. Yeah, yeah. Very well done. Um, yes. Golf clap. For that one, my friend. Thank uh, like, like, like you. Well. Also makes sense because CBS. Exactly. <laughs> the Masters. <laughs> okay. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> that was my favorite Masters 
uh, promo when they decided to really? just put George on my mind. I was like, yes, that's it. Because there was that one year where they just played like the bird sounds and then Brad Nestler, Literally nothing but just the course. And then and then um, Brad Nestor just went, the Masters. That's it. That's all he said. I was like, it's 45 seconds of grass and birds chirping? That's a horrible advertising. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway. It went, it's like every person I know who likes golf is like, oh my god, it's yeah. so good. And I'm like, I, what? <laughs> yeah, sorry. My, my promos include... You know, gator hitting highlight. each other. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, um, it's I'm not overthinking this. Uh, it's App State. I'm taking him with you, dude. Yeah, it's not no, not it's hard. Marshall's got a chance, but Marshall's like, a good football team. Marshall's a football, football team that, as an FAU supporter, um, they are competitive every single year in their conference. But App State is on another planet right now. Um, consistently ranked in the top twenty-five. Very good football team. I'm going upstate. Going upstate. Okay. Nice. What's the last game, Tyler? The last game is number 17, Miami, at number 18, Louisville, um, at 7:30 on ABC. We are getting Herbie and Fowler on this game. I believe. I believe so. Okay. Is this our first ranked matchup of the season? I think it might be. I think it is. I think this is. I, I don't recall having one last week. Uh, I'm going to make it really easy for you, Tyler. We talked about both of these teams reviewing games, and we don't need to talk about it again. Uh, I'm going Louisville. <laughs> we already provided our analysis for this game. Yeah, I'm going Louisville. Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Louisville yeah. as well. I'm not going to overthink this. You mean to tell me that the options are Scott Satterfield or? Manny Diaz. Whatever's going on. Or, or whatever's going on in Coral Gables. <laughs> Whatever the situation may be. Whatever they want to call that offense. Oh um. my gosh. It's like it's like buying a high-end car when you only make like $40,000 a year. Like you have no business having these five-star prospects because you're wasting their talent. Yeah. Like, there's only so many Gregory Thoreau's that people are like, oh, okay, he's on a really bad team, but still a top five prospect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You know, I'm just saying, if 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 Notre Dame, putting the Notre Dame thing back in, back in action, <laughs> if Notre Dame wins this conference this year by some miracle, mm-hmm. what do you do if you're a Canes fan? You came into this conference being like the ACC, the All-Canes Conference. And have not won it once, and Notre Dame comes in and wins it one time. Okay, no, actually, no, I want this to happen. I want it to happen as well. And the only time they made it to the title game was that game against Clemson. They lost like 56 nothing. I distinctly yeah. remember watching the first play of that game. The Clemson defensive line blew up Miami's offensive line, and I went, oh, this game's over. <laughs> like, wow, I don't have to watch this. Next. Yeah, I, I, I love I remember that so vividly because I remember you always talk about it, and you also... I think it was it was it was your dad or was it Raul? It was Raul. Was it? it was Raul. It was Raul was just like, "What do you mean? We're only four plays in." And he's like, "What are you watching? <laughs> what I'm watching?" Like, I think I texted you too. I was like, you, you, "Oh, the you, game's over." And I love on that broadcast, Kirk Herbstreit literally even says like, "Yeah, I'm watching the Ohio State game right now." Like, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit was like, "I have the game on here." Like, not even the broadcast. Anyway, is oh. is no it, no what uh, what a wonderful time when Florida State and Miami are just. Not doing well. And Georgia can't decide who's playing quarterback. What a time to be a Gator. Oh, man. All right, Tyler. To recap the five wide, 
Uh, Houston Baylor, we both took Baylor. That's 12 o'clock on Fox. Boston College Duke, we both took Duke. That's 12 o'clock on ESPN3. Uh, UCF Georgia Tech, that's a 3.30 ABC kickoff. I took UCF. You took our Waffle House University Bs. Um, next up, we have App State and Marshall. We both took App State. That's a 3.30 CBS kickoff. And then we have Miami and Louisville in our first ranked matchup of the season, 7.30 on ABC. We both took Louisville. Tyler, two-point conversion. My friend, what is your two-point conversion? It's tough because uh, a lot of these games might appear a little one-sided. <laughs> um, and... We don't like to be like, oh, I'm going to take Clemson to beat the Citadel. Yeah, we. This like, is. We, it's we, not. It's not just a way to like, get points. It's a way to be. It's an, pick an interesting it's a niche game. pick. It's to show your college football knowledge. Exactly. Something I mastered <laughs> with one week. <laughs> um, I am going to take um, in a kind of out of the way ACC game mm-hmm. between one team we've seen and another we haven't. Uh, I'm going to take. The Wake Forest Steam Deacons at the NC State uh, Wolfpack. I'm okay. going to take Wake Forest to bounce back from their Clemson loss and Sam Hartman give them a little razzle-dazzle and get a win for the Demon Deacons. Um, that's 8 o'clock at the ACC Network at Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, so you, ha- you have Wake going on the road in state getting a win against NC State. Yes, sir. All right, that is a, that's a good that's a good pick. That's a niche pick. I it, and I, I I understand that NC State could very easily win this game, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, um, I I get that I get that, and I respect you going out honorary on win for Jamie Newman. I res- <laughs> okay. Um, all right, my two point conversion pick is not one that you would think I would make because I think you are. Oh, it's not the very obvious one that you, you are think. expecting me to take FAU over Georgia Southern, a game that kicks off on three thirty. Eastern on ESPN. That's right. You heard me. The big ESPN prime time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, watch that game. That that will really be my secondary screen. Three thirty game. I want you to know that right now. Absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. But I'm not taking that game because that would be too easy, Tyler. This Georgia Southern team almost lost to um, to Campbell last week. So. Not the best competition. I have FAU winning that game comfortably. Uh, The game I will take, though, is I'm going to give a team a secondary opportunity going up against a team that I believe to be a very sneaky, sneaky, sneaky player, especially since they are ranked this week. Tyler, I am a fan of the chaos, which means... I am taking the Pitt Panthers to beat the Syracuse Orange at 12 o'clock on the ACC Network. Now, I know you're saying, but Sergio, Dino Babers kind of lost it. The Syracuse team isn't very good. To which I say, ah, but have you met Pitt? Have you met Pitt, Tyler? I have a feeling this Pitt team is going to start off the season 4 or 5-0. and like it, it's it's going to be some some I, fun I, stuff. I agree with you. It's going to be some fun you. stuff. You know they start the season like four or five straight home games. We yeah we discussed that. And all against like, of, like all against middle to lower tier ACC teams. I mean, don't don't ever underestimate Pitt's ability to screw things up for Pitt's, other people. Pitt's ability to pit. 
Um, yeah, pit, pits regardless. The, the pits pitting knows no bounds. Yes, It correct. does not discriminate. At all. It, it'll do it to itself. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm a fan of this because I think pit has been slowly getting better the last couple of years. Yep. And this is the type of year with the way that they like to play. Mm-hmm. I think that they could really start, you know... The physicality could really, like, some overtake some teams that aren't ready for it. Also, elite uniforms. Elite uniform combination. I got to agree, because it's so great that their uniforms that they wear now were an alternate they wore one time, like, four years ago. Yeah. And every person who ever saw it was like, oh, that's way better. (laughs) Just do that. It was a consent. Even West Virginia fans who hate Pitt were like, yeah, Pitt, you should wear those. (laughs) Yeah, they're so much better. Elite uniforms. Oh, my gosh. All right, so your two-point is Wake Forest over North Carolina State, and mine is Pitt over Syracuse. An all-ACC affair this week, Tyler. All-ACC. Yeah. Um, not for long. Not for long. Not for long, because next week, Tyler. Oh, next week. Yes. That wasn't very good, but Man, you get the point. It was good. It was, it was enough to invoke the emotions. Yes. Uh, Tyler, let's finish the episode with tweets that we have shared. Tyler, what's your favorite tweet that I shared with you this week? Uh, we've, we've discussed a lot, uh, but moving a little bit to the professional side of things, just a little bit. Um, there was a certain game up in Ohio this past weekend. We saw the debut of Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. um, who actually played relatively well for it being his first game. Um, and included a what would have been a game-tying, uh, I believe, drive in the fourth quarter, at the end of the fourth quarter, to kick a field goal to tie the game with the Chargers. However, despite being only like 30 yards away, his kicker shanked the field goal. Mm-hmm. And you sent me a tweet from Worldwide Wob uh, said, if I shank a game-winning field goal that bad, you better believe I'm falling to the ground and grabbing my leg like it just tore it half. I think my <laughs> arm might be broken, too. Bring, bring the stretcher. Because this man, like, cramped up halfway through the kick. <laughs> There's no reason it should have missed by that Do much. I... Okay, so... Ah, I'm gonna say it. Do it. Do we believe him? No! <laughs> No. Like, is this is this just like is this some stuff we we, we should have seen at the SOTD? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 because it's not even good. <laughs> it wasn't right? even good acting. It wasn't like, even good. The best part is I saw somebody in the comments uh, of this tweet be like, "It's a mindset thing." Okay, did the same stuff once during a rec league hoops game. Got fouled hard with a few seconds left. Had to make both free throws to tie, so I slowly got up and limped to the free throw line, holding my leg. <laughs> Just in case I missed the throws, I would have an excuse. <laughs> oh. Underrated mental strategy. Underrated. But Completely underrated. This, no, this man didn't gave, gave no warning. He's just like, oh, God. Look, oh, my God. You know what it reminded you, me of? So, but you, the other Bengals players just turn around like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? In Spongebob, when the guy goes, my leg. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> like, it has no business being there, but it just did. So. Hey, well, what a great NFL oh. week one. That, that was one of the things that happened. Like Fantastic, Tyler. Fantastic. This is very funny to me. Um, all right. So my tweet that you shared with me, it's from College Football Saturday. And oh, yeah. Listen, we, we have our gripes against Notre Dame. But this is fantastic work by the Notre Dame Jumbotron team. This is by Lane Higgins, who she is a college sports reporter for the Wall Street Journal. 
Um, and it's just a screen, a picture at Notre Dame Stadium on the big jumbotron. And in the third quarter, <laughs> their tweet says, "And by the third quarter, we've resorted to public shaming." And it says the physical distance cam, and they put up this like ruler for six feet, and then they just Honestly. show people not uh, adhering by the social distancing. And I never thought that we would get to a point in society where we would be turning precautions to prevent the future spread of a disease during a global pandemic into like <laughs> jumbo jumbotron comedy between timeouts. Never. I never thought that would hey, happen. Hey, hey, there ain't nothing more Catholic than public shaming. I don't nothing know. Nothing more Catholic. The guilt on these this girls' is faces. On brand. On brand. So I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I forgot about this. It was so good, Tyler. I, I think I, I was. I think by that point we were like getting ready for dinner, uh, and I showed it to Alexa. And she was like, "Oh, that's really funny." I was like, "Yes, this is hysterical." Yeah, you damn right, that's funny. Oh um, my gosh. God, that's so good. Excellent. Hey. Excellent. I will say though, quick sidebar, mm-hmm. not Notre Dame related. Quick shout out. You know how you said last week that tanking works. It does. And well, I have no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, Gar- Gardner Minshew heard that and said it became personal to me. <laughs> um, mic- Jaguars inexplicably have won a game in the NFL and are and have a winning record right now. So, they, they sorry, did. I just need to point that out. If you're going to bring that, that up. It was a college football podcast, but. If you're going to bring that up, then I'm going to go ahead and bring up the atrocity that was the lack of a defensive pass interference calling Mike Gusecki at the end of the Dolphins Patriots game. Now, you would think, oh, Sergio, are you mad because with that touchdown, the Dolphins would have won? Absolutely not. I had a plus seven and a half bet. We were going to backdoor cover. I was going to make my money. Allegedly. I was going to make my money. And then they just blow the call. But Sergio, you still would have been down when we lost that. Yeah, yeah. But if we don't get it, we end up kicking the field goal and I still cover. So allegedly, these referees cost me some money. So shame on you, NFL refs, for blowing the call. That's all I had to say. Also, the Dolphins offensive line looked much better than last year. Still not great, but an improvement. Every single offensive lineman played 100% of the snaps. That's an improvement. So we're getting there. We're making progress. Hey, uh, and and on my side, uh, the Jaguars won a game, um, and it was against Philip Rivers. So this is a magical season. <laughs> uh, last time we ever, be- the only other time we beaten Mid- Philip Rivers was yeah, you guessed it, that one other good season we had. <laughs> so signs are pointing Super up. Bowl. Oh, this- so, Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. Gardner Minshew, awesome. NFL MVP. Uh, Super Bowl, uh, led by our rookies and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Oh man, um, this is gonna bite me in the butt in like three days. <laughs> Tyler, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. We're gonna review week three, these five wides, and Tyler. It just means we're gonna more. do. It just means more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the SEC. I mean, yeah. The There's SEC is back. The SEC is back. The SEC is back. There are we more games. It. We're having a more. I thought we'd get to this day. I know we're gonna have a more fu- a fuller schedule. Um, By the way, did you see that Ole Miss is wearing the powder blues against Florida? Are they? Re- Does that mean? So then, what are we're we? We're probably gonna have to go orange, white, orange. Uh, we're gonna wear orange to start. I, we're gonna have to. I They're wearing the powder blues. Don't like the orange uniforms. But Lane Kiffin is 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 trolling us out the gate. Can't we wear all white? I mean, we could. That's the only other alternative. I'd rather wear all white. 
Yeah, because I would too. The RL lights are awesome. Yeah. Like, this. Anyway, but we just had a schedule. We we're just talking about the uniforms for a game, for an SC game. That's a big, this is huge. That's a big <laughs> deal. That's a big deal. We're gonna have tons of um, games to talk about. Um, it'll be fun. We'll be able to talk about our Gators, and yeah. So we'll be back next week with that. Uh, Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, nothing much. We are going to be, uh, again, moving to two episodes a week. Yes, um, we apologize. We, we meant to do it this week, Brian Abel. Uh, Sergio was very swamped with life and school, yes. and uh, I am living under a hurricane currently. Correct, so, yeah. Um, um, oh, also, um, best wishes out to OG friend of the pod, Courtney Mims, your neighbor. Um, she tweeted out a picture of her roof, and it does not look very well. Hope that cleanup and recovery goes yeah, well. I texted you right away because I know you guys live on like our neighbors, and I was no, like, "Are you good?" I had already, I had already left my apartment to go to work. Don't even say that. Work. No, this man Tyler said, "Oh, I don't know. I slept through it." That's his answer to me. He was like, "I woke up and I didn't feel anything, so I thought it was fine." No, well, yeah. So like, there's nothing more Floridian than saying, "Oh, I don't know. I, I just slept through so that." Hurricane. She didn't tweet it until I was already at work, <laughs> and I immediately was just like, "Did I just not see it when I woke up this morning? Was I that tired?" And, and I immediately, I was like, I texted my roommate after you started texting, and I'm like, Risen, wake up. <laughs> um, is the roof, has the roof came in? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> nothing more, no, she's okay. nothing more Florida than sleeping through a hurricane. No, yeah. Uh, everyone's, everyone's safe. Good, no good. one got hurt. Excellent. So we we love, to hear, love to she's hear it. Okay. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, all right, Tyler. This has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators.